And hello, and welcome to the Dice of Screaming. Um, I said, welcome to the Dice of Screaming podcast. Oh, um, looks like, uh, looks like Mike's not here. Oh, well, uh, well, yeah, it's me, Randy. So, uh, yeah, um, this is a bit awkward. Well, yeah, Mike's not going to be here, so I guess we'll just, uh, Guess we'll just end it here. Well, we have a great episode lined up for you next week, so don't miss it. Uh, the Meta of TSR. Going to be doing that next week, talking about it. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, Mike shows up. But until then, uh, take care. And uh, I guess we'll talk to you later. Now that those two miscreants have cleared the way, it is I, Warduke, who shall lead you down a dark path of mystery and ancient lore. Yes, now we shall truly delve in to the experience of solo gaming. Ah, I can hear your filthy thoughts now, playing with yourself. Ah, yes, if only such things could be truly harnessed, would they make an amusement? But I digress. Now what we are talking about is experiencing your own type of adventure, played forth from a manual rather than from a dungeon master adjudicating what the consequences of one's decisions could be. Yes, back in those days it could be hard to find other gamers <clears throat> opponents as well, I suppose if you would call them that, but no matter what. It was a bit of a challenge and a quest of its own in the early days to find other gamers with which to seek out your fortune in dangerous dungeons and mysterious mazes. Now, before we go too far, let us set a few boundaries, shall we? Since your filthy minds will also conjure up such things as playing with oneself, let us talk about cheating. Uh, perhaps everyone will say, uh, I do not cheat. No, no, Warduke, I would not do such a thing. Oh, yes, you would. And of course, no one could blame you, for after all, you only have yourself to blame. If you fail, why not take your own sort of luck by just ignoring that die? Well, sometimes, as it is said, failure is its own type of fun. Now, no one enjoys after hours of laboriously turning pages, rolling dice, collecting items, and solving puzzles and clues, only to find yourself ended by a cruel stroke of luck. But no one can perhaps blame you for just brushing that aside, especially when you are near the end. But in truth, what you are really cheating yourself is of the experience of what we speak of is the fact that if you simply win every encounter, what use is it in even trying to read a novel? Yes, these types of adventures, <laughs> such as they were, were meant to be played out honestly and with a certain idea that if you did cheat, it would only mean that you were cheating yourself of the true challenge, that starting back over was always an option. So where do we start? We could perhaps talk about Donald Featherstone's solo wargaming. Yes, truly back in the day, playing with yourself was 
seen as not only an option, but possibly a very likely outcome of playing both sides against each other. It's sort of a way of outsmarting yourself, I suppose. But even before that, people would write down orders in a sealed envelope and then juggle them, and then open them up one at a time to find out what their supposed opponent was up to, making it a bit of a random, but rather variable outcome for losing strategies and moving miniatures across the tabletop. It could have been quite a bit of fun, I suppose, but wargaming in those days was a different approach than what I truly enjoyed. <laughs> but I digress. Back onto the subject of role-playing games themselves. Tunnels and Trolls. Yes, that venerable old game. Still around. Templing people came out with Buffalo Castle, an original adventure set holds in a titulary exemplary adventure that you could also afterwards play with your friends. It gave a variable amount of outcome and a, a bit of pick your own path, along with some dice rolling challenges, and it was seen as novel. Well, at least for the moment, I suppose that I should mention that some people had attempted to construct a pick-your-own-path, or <clears throat> what did they call it? Ah, choose-your-own-adventure. And it was a page-turner with very little other than substantial clues gathered from the context of the textual description that allowed you to ascertain the successes and variables therein, making it sort of a reading challenge, if you will. But it all doiled down to several choices, mostly just two, going left or right, or examining some object that could endanger yourself, or reveal some hidden clue. But there was rarely much peril other than just making a bad choice, which, of course, it made it a bit of fun trying to find out where you were last if you liked to cheat. <laughs> yes, they liked to cheat even back then. But I suppose, in that way, it made it a bit of a more adventure than simply an exercise in reading. But I don't believe that I would truly call it solo gaming until finally Tumbles and Trolls came out. And it unleashed a great change in that small burgeoning hobby of solo gaming. Many adventurers and gamers would come to the fullness of time under the tutelage of these choose your own path, and pick your own path adventures, especially when it came to the ones with dice. I believe TSR tried to come out with several of your choose your own path adventures and adventure gaming books, but the one that everyone would most remember would be none other than Lone Wolf. Yes, Lone Wolf. Not Lone to be confused with Lone Wolf and Cub, which is an entirely different matter. Lone Wolf was the result of Joe Diva making forth his own campaign world using Dungeons and Dragons sets called Magnamund. And the Magnamund were policed and kept by those vexing Kylords, paragons of virtue they were, more adapted to psionic rangers with special powers bestowed upon them by their gods. Troublesome little meddling ranges as they were, 
I suppose they make a heroic enough role for a player to enter into this world of danger and questing. And of course, Diva published these and they were a great success, writing 20 of them in short order as with Lone Wolf as the main hero and you playing the titular hero, experiencing it from not only the text, but the decisions of dice and the vagaries of combat, seeing you through. And also, I would not be without mentioning that Ian Livingstone's Warlock of Firetop Mountain. Ah, yes, now there's a name that you probably have forgotten or haven't heard in a while. Warlock of Firetop Mountain started a hobby in England known as Fighting Fantasies, which was quite popular in its day, I suppose. Fighting Fantasy game books. They were a mixture of pick your own paths and make decisions, as well as dice rolling and combat always ending up in some vague role in some off passage surrounded by your enemies and only your combat skill and prowess to see you through but they also allowed you some spells much like the aforementioned lone wolf and to keep your tendency to cheat down you had a luck skill that you could use to bypass the cruelties of fate much like the earlier tunnels and trolls they were also set in a continent called Alansia that Ian Livingstone constructed to place his fighting fantasy game books in with an offshoot of sorcery, which were four series books that had spells that were uniquely given a three-letter word that you could refer to to return to back then to the spell books themselves to find out the result of one cast against your opponents, giving you not only a thrill, but a challenge of memorizing them. These were published between the years of 83 and 85 and were quite popular with John Blanche as the artist for many of the covers. But they also had dice images at the bottom of the page, so if you found yourself in a place where you couldn't roll dice or had forgotten or even lost them or been stolen, just turn a random page and find a dice result. Oh, they were quite useful in the days before computers came about. And that's, I suppose, where our story would end, wouldn't it? Computers destroying the joy of solo gaming. Why, you don't even need a DM. Just flip a switch and turn on a screen and find yourself immersed in a world of danger and treasure. Oh, those were the days, weren't they? You could just immerse yourself in text-based fantasy. But I digress, because we're not here really to speak of that. Playing with a monotar and the oracle of the internet behind you, that could be a different adventure all in its own. But we would be remiss if... There's that word again. We'd be remiss. We did not mention some other prolific solo games at the time. Fighting Fantasy, Wizards and Warlocks, and also the Warlock magazine in Britain, which featured primarily coverage of just solo game books. It became quite the craze for quite a number of years in which people would say that not all you just reading a book in which you read about a hero, you are the hero. But slowly these gamers would dwell into the normal realms of fantasy role-playing games with a dungeon master and group of opponents. I mean, um, 
companions in which to seek our fortunes with. But it was a unique time. People delved into the nature of their own imaginations, conjuring forth the results of text and the results of dice, and making from them their own fortune and fate. It was quite a unique time for adventuring and made people feel somewhat nostalgic for it as Joe Diva would later come to publish the full novels of The Lone Wolf. And they are available this day. Although you may be hard pressed to find them, the first five are out there being republished. The Lone Wolf itself is a unique concept. Lone Wolf Game Books currently consists of 31 and books 1 through 8 illustrated by the luminous pennings of Gerard Schock. Diva wrote the first 29 books and others have been released after his passing. And many believe that during the time of the late 80s that the fighting fantasy genre began to die out with the advent of card games, more miniature-based and focused role-playing games. However, there was an interesting interlude where fighting interactive systems of telephone fantasy were introduced where one could call a 1-900 number all the appropriate jokes aside, and experience one's own adventure, moderated, of course, by a computer generating text and the varieties of dice to roll, and this results. Of course, one paid for the privilege by the uh, not the hour, I believe. Hmm. It seems by the minute. Ah! <laughs> True rogue. Ah. Perhaps a shame I didn't think of it myself. Well, for a very long adventure, a dollar a minute. Hmm. Well, good thing I suppose that went away. And we're all much the better for it, I suppose. But it was worth mentioning. But back to the Lone Wolf. It is now available I, as I look here from the Oracle of the Internet, peering into the Palantir that it gives me presence of mind. It seems that both the number of books and editors and publishers have changed through the years with Mongoose Games and Cubicle 7 getting the rights and passing them on to others before finally it seems here the Megara Entertainment has seemed to have the definitive vision published and available as of July 2022 with the first five books released. So if you have a need to re-experience them and you don't wish to pay the onerous prices from Fleabay, he looks them up at your nearest bookseller. So, as we've covered here, some of the early days, we've seen some very impressive works with many of the people, the early authors of the Tunnels and Trolls series, Mike Stackpole, Ken Sayantre, making an entry into the fantasy solo efforts. <clears throat> Pardon me, I must get a drink. Mm. Oh, that's much better. Yes. <clears throat> it seems that they cut their teeth and made quite a mark 
for other game companies began to include some solo adventures. And I imagine that in various editions, you can find an intro solo adventure even today. Call of Cthulhu and RuneQuest also had solo adventures, but one can only imagine the horrors that could be unlocked in Call of Cthulhu now, can't you? Yes, that's one where you'll need more than just luck. A set of very, very lucky dice, if you catch my drift. Just see you through on that. But it seems that our people have returned to it. And we would be, again, remiss. We did not talk about some of the er The earlier? Hmm. I misspoke. Some of the recent attempts to recapture those early days of pick-your-own-path adventures. Such as Land of Bones, a four-part OSR fantasy tabletop role-playing adventure campaigns for levels 1 through 12. And for it is on a Kickstarter, if you wish to find it, it is from Game On Tabletop, where they are still hosting. It seems like amount is there's time left, 23 days to raise the amount of the project, which ends of this time of the episode. Sees it at 50%. But it brings forth four adventures and a journal for you to keep track with, along with handouts and maps. And a game has the screen for, I suppose, when you really must play with other people. Or, perhaps you are fortunate enough to finally accumulate a group interested in experiencing the full value of this old-school campaign. Made mostly for first edition, but also for the OSE classics. Land of Bones promises to be an epic first edition solo campaign all on its own that can be expanded to include your group of players along with its own setting and campaign map. As it stands, it also has its own character class, the Necromancer. Ah, now there, an adventuring class that rarely gets the love in a group. Ah, those weak-willed paladins and cringing clerics clutching their prayer beads and holy symbols when you resurrect the dead from the barren earth and bring them back to serve your own purpose. Ah, what do they know? Fools! But I digress again. Oh, perhaps it is not so good that Vorduk should be by himself. But there is much to unlock in this Kickstarter, and if you are interested in delving into a four-part adventure series in the Land of the Bones, then... This is right up your alley. You shall look it up. We'll post the link, or I will, on the site of the Dice of Screaming, on our base of books. A book of faces? Hmm. I think I like book of faces better. <laughs> it conjures forth, carving off one's enemy's face. I, um, <clears throat> I got myself uh, getting carried away here. Now, <clears throat> examining the rise and fall in popularity of solo gaming and its return, one must always be remembered that solo gaming involves time, and not everyone has enough time to spend it, and when you do, you may not be able to link up with the vexing schedules of others who do not see the value in making time to play for your needs and amusement. So, there is still a place, I believe, in solo gaming, although... If I had my brothers playing with companions, even under the tyrannical rule of a dungeon master, is much preferable than playing with oneself. 
but I suppose that applies to many other things, including Ortiz. Mm. Well, I think we've worn out this jest and your patience. I appreciate you spending some time spending with old War Duke, talking about things and listening to him ramble. Perhaps if you like what you hear, you can of course follow the Dice of Screaming podcast. When they're not looking, I shall creep in and talk about other dark things and monsters of the mind. So, as always, we shall see you soon, perhaps sooner than you like. Be well and take care.